0: Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me, Bessie Maid Sarah, chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Hello, hello! It's one of those Wednesdays for me. Woo! What's the plan? <laughs> it's really sunny, and oh, I'm having God a drink, God. and we're gonna go to the pub straight after this.
1: Oh, gorgeous!
0: Absolutely I buzzing.
1: Mean, it's pissing it down. It's minus one hundred degrees. I've got the central heating on full whack, oh, but no. my mate, my mate's coming over to cook me tea. <laughs>
0: Yay.
1: Um, and he doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to force him to have a few drinks. Whee!
0: Oh, whoa, 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 of course. <laughs> I've been locked away in my tower since the last time I went out was Saturday.
1: Right, well, it's Wednesday.
0: No, I know, but like literally out to do anything. I've worked from home oh. for the last three days. I've gone oh. to the shop and stuff, but I've really, because I got a big slap on the wristy, wristy last weekend because I spent <laughs> all my money. <laughs> Uh-oh. And Michael <laughs> was like, you do this every week. So I was like, no, I don't. And then he's like, right, we'll make that money last the rest of the week. And I was like, okay. And then so I was like, Mm -mm. basically, I just have to lock myself. I can't even afford to get the tube this week. So I just have been working from home. Then last night I was in a really bad mood because I was so bored. (laughs) (laughs) And then Michael texted us earlier being like, do you want us to get you a couple of drinks at the pub? I was like, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Give me money.
0: So we're going to the pub, going to the pub. (laughs)
1: You you look so tanned again. I've just got back off holiday and you're more tanned than I am. I cannot believe the weather.
0: That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit hit and miss, but it seems to be hit, hit, hit right now. <laughs> right, we've got loads to catch up on. Because listeners will be like, eh, you were together yeah. last week. But no, we've had two weeks apart now. Uh, the the weekend we had together feels like a distant mem.
1: It really, really does. It and really since does. then,
0: you've been to Lisbon.
1: What? No, wait.
0: See, platy-jubes.
1: It has been the platy Uh
0: Boris has been doing so, I don't I don't really care about that bit. But no, so no.
1: oh sorry if you can hear my washing machine by the way. It's going
0: <laughs> That's okay. Uh so the weekend was we spent together. What's the one word that you would use to define that weekend? Wine? I'd say even wine second.
1: <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> You're gonna kick yourself.
1: Oh, okay. God. I can't I can't
0: I don't know. The answer is fish. Fish? Oh my god, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking fishiest weekend I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so Sarah turns up on the Thursday night, I believe. And yeah. I think we talked about this last time on the podcast, but there was a the whole confusion about what the fact that Sarah was coming and how long she's been there, probably my fault probably Sarah's fault, but anyway it all worked out fine, so we worked at home worked from home on the Friday, decided to go for a sushi lunch and I said sushi never fills me up I've never been filled up by sushi before I could eat a hundred pieces of sushi and not be filled up but we went to this sushi restaurant which was by the way Sarah's choice it was Sarah's recommendation and she was sitting there with the sushi menu like right what should we get should I order this 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 and this and this I was like yeah and she was like should we get something weird I was like yeah whatever and we then ordered twice <laughs> Ordered twice um and then anything it's ever that just then decided that sushi made her really feel quite disgustingly ill so she was like putting things to her mouth and gagging <laughs> it's
1: like <laughs> this is your
0: choice it's,
1: it's because like proper sushi like that was it's it's ptsd and i was a bit hungover on that friday but and I told you about this <laughs> and I knew you just didn't understand the gravitas of what I was telling you. But when I was in Tokyo, I was eating sushi on the most incredible hangover. Like I've never, ever been hungover like it. And I was just putting these bits of nondescript pieces of raw meat into my mouth. And I was so hungover and, and had to go and be sick at one point because I ate cod sperm, which wouldn't recommend. <laughs>
0: unknowingly wasn't it
1: unknowingly unbeknownst to me I just popped a bit of cod sperm in my mouth and then as it was as it was gliding down my throat the person I was with was like that's cod sperm so I was like (laughs) (laughs) and then just too many of those factors aligned the Venn diagram it was overlapped too much it was almost a full circle moment back to me being in Tokyo with that hangover and vomiting in a in a very nice Japanese toilet. So yeah, I was <laughs> <it> was struggling.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, she ordered eel at one point and then she just got it. She said, oh God, I can't do this. I was like, okay, but you ordered it. And then she <laughs> put it to her mouth and go, I was like, no, don't do this to me. This is my local sushi restaurant. Do not vomit eel on the floor. <laughs> but anyway, so we get through that. I think I had it in my head that it was all, all you can eat, but it wasn't. So we just kept ordering loads. And then, I got back to the flat and I just felt like I'd eaten. I felt like I'd eaten concrete just before it set. And it molded into all parts of my inside and hardened. I've never felt so full and heavy. It was awful. I don't know. I don't know how it did it. Because I have been known to eat like 50 pieces of sushi. And I was so full. It just wasn't going away for the whole night. And then... We'll just there was it. one point when you got off,
1: you there. Paul had this meeting that had gone on for ages. Me and Michael were done with the working day. We just wanted to get pissed. Paul was in this meeting that was hours and hours long. And after the meeting, he stood up and you looked at me like, you know, that meme where it's like coming into my mum's room at 2am to tell her I've been sick. <laughs> you like, stood with your arms hanging limply by your side. So you just went, I feel laden.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It was... It was crazy. And then, anyways, that night we'll go for dinner. This is why I've got no money. Went for <laughs> dinner in this really posh Hamstead pub. And ha- we're drinking rose, which by the way, I haven't been able to stop drinking since.
1: I'm an influencer.
0: Yeah. And ordered a fucking fish platter. <laughs> we had a fish platter. <laughs> then the next day was Michael's big B Day lunch. Where are we going? Oh, a fish restaurant. What yeah. did we have? Oh, a fish platter. Again. <laughs> and then went on a massive night out. It was ridiculous. I've not been able to look <laughs> at a fish the same since.
1: <laughs> it was so, That no, is so funny. I think I think what's happened is from the podcast episode where you told me your dream meal and you said you wanted a fish tower, that's embedded mm-hmm. into my memory. So now every time I'm with you and we're out for dinner, I'm like, fish? Would you like some fish?
0: <laughs> what's the old catch of the day, sir? Cod sperm, is it?
1: <laughs> well will take a lot
0: god well I'll tell you what that that <laughs> seafood tower I'm, I'm fine for that at the minute I think it's gonna be a couple <laughs> of years before I'm after that again god um,
1: I went to Portugal and ate lots more fish
0: did you right <laughs> yeah. so yeah so after the beautiful weekend you went to Portugal tell us yeah. about Portugal
1: it was absolutely stunning um went with holly smelt And we were in Lisbon. First of all, we were really panicking because it was all of that bullshit going down at airports. So we for the first time in our lives, we were early and we got to the airport like three hours in advance and then breezed through it. And it was and we'd been up since like I don't fucking know 5 a.m. or something for a flight that was at midday. (laughs) And then we got into Stansted and it's just filled with the local scum. And (laughs) I'm only, jo- I'm only joking. I'm part of it. <laughs> I get to say that about my You're own. The scummiest of it all. Um, went to the spoons, <laughs> bought two mimosas for twenty pounds. Fucking hell! I know. And then the holiday began, and it was just wonderful. It's dirt cheap in Lisbon. Very beautiful. It did rain sporadically. However, the UV was at nine, which I don't think I've ever experienced outside of Asia. What does that um, mean? like i don't think uv gets high- the, the uv exposure like we we don't get higher than like three in the uk oh, is it out of 10. i think it's out of 11.
0: <laughs> that's random
1: <laughs> no, yeah i don't know maybe i'm re- maybe it's on a of scale
0: 20, of one to eleven <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so i got i got did get quite some burn which is a success
0: mm-hmm. and
1: ate loads of fish drank loads of green wine for one euro a glass Green it was wine? wonderful yeah, green wine. It's when the grapes are plucked prematurely or they're just dead sour. But it, was, it wasn't it was sour wine. It was just like zingy. Mm,
0: it was delicious.
1: Um, so yeah, I was drinking gallons of that every day. And then obviously the flight home was delayed by two hours and 59 minutes. Do you know how many hours it needs to be before you get a reimbursement bought?
0: I think I can have a guess.
1: Yeah, three hours on the dot. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got in it. I don't even fucking know. We, we it almost ruined the holiday.
0: Oh no. So <laughs> it was one of those. It was delayed before you got on it.
1: Yeah. So we got an, we got a message being like, this flight is delayed now, won't be taking off until mid midnight, and we were meant to be landing at half twelve. So we we're like, mm. wicked. We were at the airport. Like that's absolutely class. Um, so went through all of the what bollocks you have to go through. Um, had a McDonald's and then laid on the floor of an airport until midnight. It was just wonderful, with extreme Bullish, sunburn yeah. at that point. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then also, I did think I've been on some rickety flights in my time, but I've always just been like, oh well, <laughs> like I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. This one was especially bad. I, there was a moment where I thought, oh, I am gonna die now. As we came into land, and I, it, because it was a night flight accidentally i woke up i'd woken up and everyone was like awake and just silently staring ahead obviously all just accepting the death i looked to the side because i was on the wing seat where you have to let everyone out the door and i thought i hope they're not fucking expecting me to anything <laughs> and the and the uh steward was there strapped into one of their special little seats by the door the wing door and i was like oh that's a good sign and yeah we somehow just plummeted to the ground but safely
0: Is, yeah, it, was, it, was it was there air? it was with air, as in Gemma collins air What's that? She was the face of Whizzer for a bit.
1: Was she? Somebody told me I look like Gemma Collins a few
0: weeks Oh, yeah. You sent us a picture of that. You weren't so happy, were you?
1: Mm, no, I'm sure she's a lovely person. I just don't want to look like her. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, Lisbon recommendation, you would you would suggest that we all go?
1: Just charter a private jet next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I plan to do. Yeah. I'll save the money on the green wine so that I mm-hmm. can have a charter jet. Well, lovely. I'm glad you had a fantastic time. Then you went back to Preston. I was mm-hmm. following you on Fine Friends I didn't really understand what you were doing.
1: <laughs> me either. Um, went back to Preston, saw me mam, and uh, saw the dog, and just got pissed. That was about it. Worked lovely. from home on Monday. Was feeling really refreshed from a holiday Monday morning. I was like, yeah, work. Woohoo! Monday midday, I was done.
0: Yeah,
1: done. It's... Looking oh, for Wizz nice. Air flights to my next destination. What have you been up to?
0: So after weekend with you and then the platy-jubes weekend, which were you in? Yeah. Where were you? Uh,
1: Lisbon.
0: Are oh, You in Lisbon. Uh, yeah, yeah, we went to a pub in Victoria, like near it. Michael, <laughs> in his head, thought that... If Very sat, patriotic. If we sat in a pub in Victoria, we'd be able to hear the concert.
1: <laughs> Does he understand, <laughs> like, geography?
0: <laughs> well, just geography, physics, just all of them. He just doesn't mm. get, so no, we didn't, but... I mean, it was great. We just had an absolute day sesh. Again, spent loads and loads of money. Uh, but it was fabulous. And then I've been locked in me locked in me tower ever since I have.
1: Oh, babes.
0: I know. But I'm going to yeah. Norwich at the weekend. Norwich.
1: Why? What are you doing there?
0: Well, it's from, it's Michael's birthday present. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. You just tell me about that. Oh, yeah, it was Michael's
0: birthday. Uh, yeah, we're going to Norwich. <sighs> I've never been, but I just Googled, like, places to go that are near London. And everyone was talking about Norwich. So I thought i will give that a go. Hope I see Delia Smith. <laughs>
1: does she live there
0: well do you not remember uh,
1: let's be having you no
0: so actually american fans please watch this vid it's one of my favorite vids of all time it's like a, it's like a cult- a british cultural iconic moment so delia smith extremely famous chef in the uk like brought spaghetti to the uk my mom says that she can remember watching a cooking show in the 70s where she was showing you how to twizzle spaghetti around your fork and all this stuff very important woman in our culture yeah, yeah. Uh, and she at one point let me get this right was a majority shareholder in norwich city football club so she's from norwich and there's one <laughs> there's one league match where Let's just get it right. Right, there were, It was a home match against Manchester City. And at half halftime, let's just read this out. At the time, Norwich were fighting an ultimately unsuccessful battle against relegation from the Premier League. And to rally the crowd, Smith grabbed the microphone. She was mortal. So she went on the pitch, grabbed the microphone. <laughs> and when you, when you think of Delia Smith, she's this little like old, she's old now, but very British, prim and proper woman, that like, not the kind of person you think would do this. And she grabbed the microphone from the announcer and said, a message for the best football supporters in the world. We need a 12th man here. Where are you? Let's (laughs) be having you. (laughs) Come on. And then they lost. Uh, she denied <laughs> suggestions of the media that she'd been drunk while well delivering the speech, though did concede that maybe in the heat of the moment, I didn't choose the best words. <laughs> it's brilliant. Please watch it. So yeah, anyway, i like... that I'll get some. I mean, I'm not going to go to football, but I might just find Delia Smith and ask her to get pissed with us.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and there, yeah, that's about it with my life, you know. So right, let's move on to the book and the drink. Well, first of all, the drink. <laughs> Yes. So, as you'll remember, last week, I told you about a bar in Newcastle called Mr Lynch. And then I remembered after Googling, it's part of the apartment group. And they've got quite a a few bars in Newcastle. And they Mm -hmm. did this drink called the Dip Dab Teeny Because we're reading The Candy House by Jennifer Egan. So, I thought candy. Mm -hmm. Thought I'd struck absolute gold when I found a man in lockdown making the exact drink, the Dip Dab Teeny, on video. So, I could follow the recipe. Got the recipe. everything, Everything was going really well. And then... I couldn't find a dip dab so I went into <gasps> yeah I went into lots of shops and couldn't find a dip dab rest of ingredients I've got I swapped the framboise for raspberry mm-hmm. vodka which is still raspberry so I thought that'd just be better Got everything else so I had to get creative so what I got was some fizzers yep so I got some fizzers crushed them up in a pestle of mortar I really felt like a kingpin of some sort uh into a sherbet i couldn't find anything with sherbet basically i just Uh wanted some sherbet and then the dip dabs also have those red lollies and i didn't have that so right what i got was i've got i think it is i don't know right i'm gonna open this close your eyes and as soon as you know what it is say
1: how am i gonna know my eyes closed oh my god Uh, it's one of those whistle lollies it's a melody pop a melody pop it's a melody pop. wow what a blast from the past they just don't make sweets like that anymore they don't well (laughs) 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 yep you're absolutely right you're holding it in your hand uh drink your drink through that then ah how do i do that i don't know
0: Mm-hmm. No, but what they used to do is put the dip dab <laughs> lolly in the top. Um, so I, sh- I, I did everything. I, sh- I uh, shook my crushed cocaine fizzers into the drink. <laughs> and it looks like the surface of Mars because there's like wow little bubbles on it. But anyway, Greatest. I think I've done a pretty good job. It tastes delicious. I'm going to stick my Melody Pop in the top. Oh,
1: okay. It tastes lovely, doesn't it? It's
0: grad. It's, it's grad. It's grad.
1: It's grad. Um, yep, similar situation. How, I went and bought shampoo. Mm, lovely. Um, for my thingy liqueur. And then couldn't find Dip Dab. Went into every single corner shop in Edinburgh because I thought, where's going to sell them corner shops? Yep. Lots yeah. of lots of corners in Edinburgh. Lots of shops on corners. And not a single Dip Dab to be found. I was asking people. I was like, hey, do you sell Dip Dab? And they were like, what? What is wrong with you? I was like, I need Dip Dab. Then... After going through all of Edinburgh, um, just came back to my flat. And across the road is an American candy store. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe they'll have a British (laughs) Isle. And I went in. They didn't have Dib Dab. But what they did have was Swizzle's sugar baby bottle candy.
0: Mm. So there's
1: no artificial colors, um, which is a lie because it's purple. Um, And then it came with a little dummy top, which is essentially a Dib Dab, but in dummy form, which I've eaten. Quite delicious. Would Mm -hmm. recommend.
0: I remember yeah. them. Did you put the sherbet oh. in your drink? Oh, yeah. Great. And
1: I'm just shotting the rest.
0: Uh-huh. Mm. This Melody Pop, the taste of a Melody Pop is unparalleled. It's absolutely stunning.
1: I can't get the last of this off. How am I meant to get to that bit?
0: Just lick, lick, lick.
1: Oh, yeah. Do
0: you remember brain lickers? Gobstoppers? No, brain lickers. What are they? Don't just change what I said. <laughs> Do you remember brain lickers? Gobstoppers no <laughs> brain lickers they were like a roll-on deodorant and you, mm. you would lick them and it was really sour so I was never allowed them and I finally ground me mom down and I was like get us a freaking brain liquor woman and I got one and then I was licking it on the way to school and my tongue started bleeding from all of its pores oh. it was disgusting
1: that's like a demon I know attribute
0: <laughs> Saves me right
1: at portals about this book although no actually to continue on about this drink it's gorgeous
0: absolutely beautiful thank you very much mr lynch barman we should tag him in it i bet he i bet he wasn't fully appreciated for doing that in the first week of lockdown
1: well yeah because he was finding dip dabs we could barely find flour that's true Mm. what's annoying is i've made enough for two so that my friend can have one when he gets here
0: but i want it just have it you'll never know
1: I could make another.
0: (laughs) You could. Right. The book is The Candy Mm. House by Jennifer Egan. Pulitzer Prize winning author of A Visit from the Goon Squad, which I'm sure Sarah's going to talk about how much she loves that book, uh, delivers a stunning tale about an externalised memory, seductive technologies and the deeply human quest for real connection, ablaze with emotional and intellectual fire and unfolding through a myriad of interlinked narratives. That was just a lot of words. But <laughs> Sarah, what did you think?
1: Uh, Paul, well, as you know, A Visit from the Goon Squad is one of my all-time faves. Mm. Probably my favorite book that I've read is an adult. It came out in 2011. So I've been waiting 11 years for this book. Not actively, because I only found out that it was coming out about three years ago, maybe two. But still, it's been a long, old wait. And what I will say is that when I was reading it, I was hyper, hyper, hyper conscious of the fact that if you haven't read A Visit from the Goon Squad, this is going to be nowhere near as impactful as if you were to just read it as a standalone book. And I know that she said that it's a sister novel. It's not. It's absolutely a sequel. And I'm a bit upset on your behalf that you have you have you read a visit from the goon squad
0: no so I said I've got it and I yeah. said I was going to read both by now I absolutely have not but I've got yeah. it ready to read
1: so yeah with a with the knowledge of what happens in a visit from a, the goon squad this was absolutely worth the wait it was just again it's just immediately jumped to the top of my favorite of all time books but I know that as a standalone, it just won't be anywhere near as good. <laughs> Where to start, Paul? Where to bloody start? Mm-hmm. The she Jennifer Egan. Uh, I am going to really nerd out in this podcast. course, right I hope that's okay. So she gave an interview with, I think it was Google back in two thousand eleven when a visit from the goon squad came out, and she said that the book she she hadn't intended to write it with a narrative arc it just had to fulfill three different objectives right and the first one was that each chapter would be about a different character the second one was that each chapter would technically be different from all of the other chapters and the third chap and the third objective would be that each chapter would be able to stand on its own so you could just read it independently of the rest of the book and it would work as a piece of literature and i think I wasn't I didn't keep those three objectives in mind when I was reading this one but I do think that it checks out the the narrative form like the narration the style everything changes in each chapter and each and then we get some chapters that are told in like a sci-fi type format with like it's almost in a medium reminiscent of like email exchange but it's obviously something alluding to like the future and technology and maybe can com- communicate and via consciousness is kind of what I got from that do you know which chapter I'm talking about towards the end yeah so I think it did fulfill all three of those objectives again which I enjoy and the reason why I enjoy it and I mean the thing is is with with these books why they work is because whilst all these chapters stand individually on their own is that together they form an overarching narrative there isn't it isn't a linear timeline and there isn't, like I say, a linear sort of format or narrative style. But what we have to do as readers is keep mental tabs on each of the characters because they all are somehow tenuously, as in most instances, linked. That's my friend just arriving to come and cook me dinner. Hold One a second.
0: Oh, Sarah usually says funny things at this point, which I quite enjoy listening to because that's the only bit I haven't heard. What can I say? That's funny. Quickly, I think of something. Um, hmm. <laughs> um, the podcast is... My favourite joke is one where uh, it's a visual joke, so it's not going to work. Imagine me holding up my hand when I say this and there's nothing in my hand, right? What? Oh, fuck, I did it the wrong way around. I've ruined the punchline. Anthony's done this before. Okay. What's green and invisible? And then I'm holding up my hand with nothing in it. This cabbage. Tell me that's not comedy gold. Um,
1: I've made you a cocktail that's in
0: the fridge. Ooh, she doesn't want to give him that. Hi!
1: Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> for me? Yeah, right. We won't be long. Sorry, I'll just slave away in the kitchen, for you. Yes, please. <laughs> It's a cushy setup, isn't it? It is bloody hell.
0: It's like my life.
1: (laughs) Um. Oh god, I really wanted him to say, "I'm not drinking today."
0: You wanted him to say that, so you could have it.
1: No. Okay, where was I, Paul?
0: You were talking about the keeping tabs on the overarching narrative.
1: Okay, so (laughs) despite the fact that this book is set most of the time in the future or in a very close future where technology has really advanced and um, there's this collective online consciousness you can access people's histories and see through their eyes pretty dystopian and sci-fi concept I still think and the reason why I love Jennifer Egan's writing I still think it's incredibly authentic and the reason why I think that is because we have to put ourselves into the book, we have to be an active participator. So if we want to try and find the narrative arc, like if we want to try and find the overarching story, we've got to keep all of these mental tabs on everyone and be like, oh yeah, I remember that name. Why do I remember that name? Oh, because they appeared as someone's son who just came in and grabbed a breakfast bar three chapters ago or whatever. And because we, if we fulfill that role, we then get more out of it and we therefore feel important to the narrative and I think what she's trying to get at in making us do that is that we're all obsessed with ourselves and trying to find out the truth um, around like the things happening in our lives and it's like this ongoing search we don't just get things fed to us the way we would do in a more normal story like narrative and because of that there is just this overwhelming sense of realness but like without me this book couldn't exist and and I suppose it's the authenticity is like it's reiterated again in the fact that as individuals it's the center of our own narratives and the center of our own universes which is why I'm trying to say that we're so important to this and that's why it's authentic Mm -hmm. um, is the fact that we only meet people in this same fragmented way that we get these characters lives so we either meet them at a certain point we might know people for our entire lives um or we might meet them at a certain point and just get little bits of their current life story do you know what i mean without getting all of their history and then also their future which we do get a lot of in this book and that's why i think you have to have read a visit from the goon squad to fully get it because you get a lot of the rounding off of characters in this book whereas in a visit from the goon squad a few of the same characters appear and it's left very open-ended as to like what happens to them um but I think that's obviously reflective of how we live our lives. We We interact with people at most of the time, quite a superficial level, and we get to know what's happening in their immediate context. But we don't know anything really deeper than that, unless we become really good friends with them, and then at which point they're just sort of absorbed into our into our like universes anyway. So my uh, my argument, my point is, is that despite it being quite uh science fictiony which I normally don't like and dystopian which I do like because of this user interactivity that we have to assume in order to truly make sense of the narrative it becomes so authentic and that's why I love it
0: I'm really glad that you've just said that it's better if you read the first one because I looked at goodreads And everyone was like, no, you don't have to read it at all. It's a totally separate book. And I was like, oh, please don't say that. Because I think the time has come after however many episodes, 28 episodes, where we are just on different plages. We're on different plages. Because I had minimal idea of what was going on at basically any point in this book.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I felt, it was one of those ones where I felt so stupid. Like, I just had no idea what was happening. And I think what you've just said about the book has made Mm -hmm. me like it so much more already. Like, what you've just said about that book is the most interesting thing about the book for me, by far. And it, like, Mm -hmm. makes sense. But I think the things that you like about it I found really difficult. So... Mm -hmm like you I'm not huge on sci-fi and stuff and I sort of understood what had happened so they have this external externalized memory where you can some guy had invented this thing where you can basically upload your memories onto some ether and then you can access them at any time or something like that like so you can go back and look at what happened when you can't even remember
1: Yes. To me, it
0: felt like that. You know that episode of Black Mirror Mm -hmm. where they have cameras in their eyes. It felt like that. That's what I was picturing. Um, which I thought was an interesting concept. It's definitely not. I'm not the target market for things like that. I don't find it that interesting. I the idea of Mm -hmm. uploading your memory onto an external. I I don't really care about that. I don't. I don't know. And I don't think it's that radical of an idea. So I was excited to see how that. Played out in the world, and that's where I got lost. I couldn't. I was finding it difficult to understand how it was playing out in the world because it was move. It was jumping timelines, we were moving characters all the time. And what you've just said about the characters, you have to be an active participant, and that that's how you do meet people in life. Number one, I hadn't thought about that as a concept, and maybe I'd have enjoyed it more if if I had thought about that. But I didn't feel like I had the tools to be an active participant i was I was reading a name and thinking, I know that name is somewhere in the book, but it would take me fucking ages to remember who that was. I don't have the book, so I can't even scroll back. I'd have to use and I was just I didn't know who was who and what what was going on, like that bit where they were on some island and she was getting shot, like I just I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And yeah. I yeah. think my biggest criticism or the thing that I enjoyed the least about the book was that we never stayed with anyone long enough to care about them. So I just didn't care about any. Well, is that fair? that so I didn't care about them, but we we were going through quite like the minutiae of their lives for about yes. three pages. And I was like, but well, I don't know who this is. So I certainly don't care about the minutiae of their lives yet. Mm-hmm. And then you don't give me a chance to care about them anyway, because then they're gone. Like that was how I was feeling.
1: And also, most of the characters are insufferable as people; they're just not well, good people.
0: Yeah, maybe I, I just felt like it was way more about ideas and like into intellectualizing things rather than mm-hmm. like letting us enjoy characters or get to know characters. And I was just so confused. Like I, I, I googled after like, you know how on *Girl, Woman, Other* you can so people have drawn these uh, like yeah. interconnecting images of where all the characters are i thought right. i'm gonna do that and then i thought actually even if i did that i still wouldn't have a clue what's going on so okay <laughs> yeah i was just i just didn't get it my favorite thing about it by far was the, the different styles i could just yeah. for for what it was i could read this the style of writing my, my favorite was the emails
1: oh yeah because it's so quick and so quick
0: and, and just absolutely loved how two-faced everybody was and they were like I love to think about I need to fire my assistant and then it was like I need to get someone and then get the assistant to fire someone else and I loved all of that but I had no idea what was going on I didn't know what the Uh stakes were I didn't know I understood vaguely that it was something to do with the music empire but I didn't know how that fitted into anything I think to me it just felt like so many ideas that I I I couldn't like attach myself to any of them I, I didn't I didn't get it
1: That's the thing, I think, in A Visit from a Goon Squad, because there are recurring characters. Uh, There there are recurring characters, but there are more characters who appeared as auxiliary characters in A Visit from the Goon Squad. For instance, um, Sasha in The Candy House, who is married to Drew and is the cousin of Miles and Ames and Alfred. Do you remember Sasha? She lives in the desert, makes the art in the desert
0: yes yes
1: so she's probably if if there is such a thing in a visit from the goon squad the main character of a visit from the goon squad so it was really nice to be able to see the last stages all the different angles of her life and the way that other people perceive her um and yeah i think i was hyper conscious the whole time i was reading it of your opinion of it because i knew that you hadn't read a visit from the goon squad and and i knew that you wouldn't care about characters in the same way that I care about them because when you get a little tidbit of information and especially because I read it so long ago for the first Mm. time it was like hearing from a really old friend and hearing about what they've been up to with their life and it was really nice in that sense and it was also really nice in the fact that like for the characters that we get in a visit from the goon squad that recur in reoccur in the candy house but as auxiliary characters um they tend to have done well like Sasha had done really well for herself whereas in A Visit from the Goon Squad she wasn't she wasn't doing well at all so it was like a really nice tying off to her character arc but I think it's a load of fucking bollocks that some that people are saying you, you have to read you don't have to read A Visit from the Goon Squad because otherwise I completely agree I think as a book by itself, I wouldn't have, I really wouldn't have got it. And I really wouldn't have enjoyed it. And I think the stuff about, obviously we will never know for sure without interviewing Egan herself. But I think the commentary she's trying to make on this like shared consciousness. Yeah, tell me, tell me. You're right. We don't get any kind of explanation. Well, I think that we don't get any, we don't get any explanation as to what it is. So the book starts with Bix, the creator of um, Own Your Unconsciousness. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, own your, your own consciousness.
1: Own your own unconscious. Whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever, it, whatever it's called. He, it starts, and. but actually he can't. He cannot have this idea. He's really struggling to have this next great big idea. And then the next time we hear about Biggs it's way into the future. The ideas uh, being had, has been developed and is now a global phenomenon and he's he's akin to Elon Musk but even more so in terms of like the developments he's made in like a in the technology sphere or the I don't even fucking know social networking sphere he like dominates the entire world basically we don't get any of the like science as to how that works Um, and I think the point that she's trying to make and that she makes especially well in the final chapter is that none of that fucking matters it's these human connections and it's these very, very, well, they become more rare as the book becomes, well, goes more into the future. um, Are these moments of actual humanity where we have like a link with a person and it can be really like fleeting, which which is also how we interact with the characters of the book. So I think what, I did kind of what I felt I was really aware of when I was reading it is that the the vessel that she uses to give this message of the importance of authentic human connection in this book is technology whereas in A Visit from the Goon Squad it's punk rock music and about how um they were almost it's like almost trying to capture an invisible thing that's where like true authenticity lies is in the gaps between what you like present and then what is actually real right or what is and 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 also how immediately that creates a sense of nostalgia and how punk rock itself is quite a nostalgic it was quite a nostalgic movement because it was all about young people in the 70s who felt as though they had been who felt as though they'd lost out on something who felt completely disenfranchised from like Mm -hmm all all of society's structures and felt like they were being overlooked and it was almost like a movement that existed already in the past and i think what made a visit from the goon squad so successful was she'd sort of maybe accidentally like tapped into this nostalgia that we like weirdly crave as humans even though it's quite um painful and Mm. then i think in the candy house I think she went a little bit, I think she realised that that was like her golden ticket. And I think she did go overboard a little bit with it. And while it was nice in Scratching the Itch, which I say once an episode, mm-hmm. um, of me wanting to know what happened to these characters, it felt a little bit overdone at times. And like, like yeah, she just found what, what was going to, what was making her successful. <laughs> Michael's just appeared in the background to hairspray his hair.
0: He can't hear you. Don't. Michael, do you know that you're fully in camera?
1: Yeah. So I think it worked more successfully as like what she was trying to do in a visit from the Goon Squad worked more successfully because she used a more like, I don't know, punk rock as like this metaphor for like yeah. lost time and lost human connection or human connections that you only realize were meaningful until after the fact mm-hmm. what was more successful than what she tried to do in Candy House, which is where people upload their own or their consciousness and then you, it can be viewed by anybody. But actually all anybody really wants to know is their version of those events, not, yeah. Yeah. not an unfiltered version.
0: Yeah. So the the first you you're right actually about because when people are saying on Goodreads you don't have to have read the first one. That's mm-hmm. because they've read the first one. So,
1: uh-huh.
0: and that, yeah, that makes sense. And I am going to read the first one. I'm quite excited too. It's a lot better. I think <laughs> the idea of human conscious or human connection being the thing that is actually important. I think the thing that I found difficult is, was she didn't show a lot of that. And I guess that was the point.
1: But yeah, that's
0: it. if the point is human connection, then I want to see human connection. And I didn't, I don't feel like I did. I don't, I, there was a few moments of connection, like, the one where, is it Lulu's, like, the lion lying on a jetty and holding hands. Like, that was oh, the yeah. closest I got to, Oh, they feel something for each other. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and I think, I just think that fundamental concept of uploading your memories, I just didn't buy. I didn't, I didn't like that so much. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's other, the other, other book that we've read that is, in any way similar in terms of sci-fi would be clara and the sun Mm -hmm. because that is a you know something that could potentially happen in the future yeah and i think clara was so humanized and it was from her point of view that i got all of that human stuff from her yeah whereas with this i was like oh we're right we're with someone else and oh Mm -hmm. god but and i didn't know who i was meant to like i didn't know
1: yeah yeah i think though because we've read bewilderment, which has that element of like sci-fi in it. Mm. And I think the difference between Clara and the Sun and the Candy House and then Bewilderment is that Clara and the Sun was not in any way concerned about telling us how this phenomenon has come to occur. Like Mm. there was no there was no like here's the genesis of these artificial friends. Mm. The same way how in the candy house we get this big gap in the first thought of upload your whatever own your own whatever um mm-hmm. and then it actually being like a functional tool and something that i think by the end is maybe government sanctioned or something like i think by the end it's like you have you have to do this by the time you turn 21 you have to upload your unconscious your consciousness whatever it fucking is um and I, and oh, i'm obviously incredibly biased and i do i'm trying to and I do appreciate the fact that without the the like care that I have already for most of the characters that already existed in A Visit from the Goon Squad, it's just a bit of a mind, not even a mind fuck because we don't care about it enough to let it confuse us. Like there wasn't enough investment in it. Um, and also there's some, like, it's very, it is very self-aggrandizing in that sense, like, There's this assumption that you know what she's going on about. There's this assumption that you've read the first book. And I'm going to refer to it as the first book because it is a sequel. Um, (laughs) But on less on the content and more on like the technical level, do you not just think that some of it was absolutely like
0: spun gold? Yeah, there's no doubt about the fact that she's a brilliant writer.
1: And there's just something so oddly satisfying about that, because I think out of all of the books that we've read that come from these very high, highfalutin Pulitzer Prize, Booker Prize winning authors, I know she's white, but there's just something so satisfying about it being a woman. I don't know. There was just a part of me that was like really proud of it. I was like, fuck Mm. yeah. Like there were some lines in there that I was just like, yeah, that is absolutely world-class writing.
0: Yeah. I i'm definitely gonna read Goon squad yeah and i'm gonna tell you my thoughts on how that has changed my view of candy house i mean it wasn't that I, I didn't i wasn't annoyed at it or anything i just didn't get it yeah like that was as simple as that really like even then when he said oh it was in it really showed itself in the last chapter i'm like what was the last chapter like i, I that, yeah. that's how much it didn't go in
1: yeah i don't think if i'd read the candy house first i would have bothered with goon squad but the difference with goon squad is that it's it's more of a look back at the past whereas this is more of a look into the future and we just don't care about the future whereas I love to romanticize the past yes it's what the goon squad does and also can I just say that a visit from the goon squad is do you know what a goon squad is no so it's like a group of men generally like um oh, go on generally like yobs or there'd oh, be like these, tell me more. these collectives that you would if you were like a loan shark you would hire to then go and beat somebody up if they hadn't repaid their loan okay, on time i'm out yeah um and so if you were getting a visit from the goon squad like you were gonna get the shit kicked out of you and the point of the the title of a visit from the goon squad comes from the fact that time is the ultimate goon like time is the thing that just kicks, you, kicks the shit out of you when you're least expecting it. You'll wake up one day and realise that you're in your late 70s and time has just kicked the absolute shit out of you.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jennifer Egan, I'm not giving up. I want to become a fan because I like what you were saying there. You're clearly a, uh, is the word anorak? oh like the fa- Ooh, i might isn't put that, that wrong what,
1: something you wear in the rain
0: yeah but also isn't it someone who like knows oh whatever but you the fact that you'd said that you'd listen to when she'd said this and you had the objectives in mind and blah, blah blah. i love shit like that i love being obsessed with stuff to that point i like yes. being like well i yeah but you don't know about this but i because i had none of that context mm. that was really hard so i'm gonna get the fucking context that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get the context get it bitch yeah so and i'll let you know as soon as i've read it can't wait Okay, thanks, Jennifer Egan, my baby.
1: Love you, Jenny. She signed my book before it was mine, but still.
0: <laughs> so, Sarah, you've not watched Love Island.
1: No, I've not. I've not had the time, but I am going to binge it this weekend.
0: Yeah, are you a big Love Island fan?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Usually, oh no, I took a couple of years off. I had like I did the first. I'm going to say three series
0: Mm.
1: took a solid few series off and then came back to it after the series that was in winter
0: so oh right okay so So i'd never watched the old the old ones and i wish i had because that's when i'll get mortal and fight
1: so much better i've watched the youtube
0: fights but yeah because again you know what parallels here because Mm -hmm. i only heard about love island when i worked at qmsu and everyone was talking about it everyone had the bloody water bottles me and michael didn't watch it it was really annoying everyone frigging talked about it all the time i felt so left out so then we started watching it and was really into it for a bit the first one i watched was danny dyer oh, I, was but just, I just th- imagined
1: their dad i was like Is he in it?"
0: <laughs> but even then i don't think i fully made it all the way through i think i ended up and then the next one made it even less of the way through and then the winter one my god and then this one I've watched an episode and a half and I'm like I don't know about this it's really it's so boring Mm. it's so fucking boring I would I know I know you have to build up to Casa Ramon while they all get cheated on and I get that and I'll watch (laughs) that but the build-up is and they must they must have people in their ears saying you have to say these exact words do you Mm want to go for a chat this is where my head's at. My head's yeah. scrambled. But yeah. or or do you think they just my pick up that turned. vernacular and and
1: well I think it's I think it is a Love Island dialect. Like I think it's 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 part of the Fiat 500 Twitter vocabulary now mm. and people use I think people use that.
0: A bit like drag vocabulary.
1: Life. Exactly. And so now it's the tra- it's actually a bit more like seamless now whereas means, i think means. the first i think i do think the first episode like the first series that used that kind of vernacular that was probably quite groundbreaking and then it caught on on twitter and then the producers were probably like yeah we've got our own fucking love island language now so let's keep hammering this but then i think what's happened it's like a catch 22 it's just it's just fed into the cycle yeah and it stronger and stronger and stronger and now that's all these people can talk in
0: yeah it happens it happens with drag
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and i i don't know if it's right or wrong but when people are like "Yas, queen i'm like aren't you white i don't know if you can yeah there's something about it i feel like drag a lot of what drag queens say is because a lot of drag queens in the u.s are black mm-hmm. then it's appropriated by white drag queens and then it's appropriated by white gay men and then it's appropriated by everybody but i don't know if i'm just being like a killjoy about it but i'm just if one more white person says to me "Yas, queen how's down boots i'm like hmm I don't know if that's okay.
1: Is it okay? <laughs> uh, well, I I don't know. But
0: I don't
1: I don't say it for a, re- a reason.
0: <laughs> oh, my, my parallel, sorry, uh, was to say that maybe it's because I haven't read The Goon Squad, i.e. watched most of the first ep- series of, of Love Island, that now that I'm finding it harder understand. to get into.
1: Yeah, maybe. God, we Although, are really no, it's...
0: bridging highbrow and lowbrow culture, aren't we?
1: yeah hi brow in love island
0: yeah exactly Hello, <laughs> needless to fiction. say thanks for pointing out the obvious
1: <laughs> um yeah but i'll watch it and i'll yeah i'll catch up i suppose it is difficult and do you know what the first few episodes of every single love island series goes the same in terms of reception people say well they're not last year they're not last year's group and it's like well no babe because you've watch one episode instead of seven weeks so just give it time and you'll soon see them as really tanned really muscly family
0: yeah yeah and the, the the thing in the first episode as well is they were like oh there's a twist uh because usually it's the five women have to stand there in the bikinis and heels and then the men come out and appraise them and then they have to step <laughs> forward so it's just there's something very cattle show about it all uh, and then when others there's a twist this year and I thought oh, fight finally the women are going to be in the position of relative power oh no yeah. the public just voted who they wanted to be together so they didn't even get a choice any of them right. which is obviously bollocks because now none of them really care about each other anyway I'm taking well. it too seriously I'll try I'll try yeah. to keep going and if you start talking to me about it I'll probably find it more funny uh, okay. but um and just on that point My friend from work, Charlotte, long time listener, recommended a podcast, which is I've only had one episode so far, but it's really interesting. It's called Unreal. I know you can't listen to that until you've listened to all of our episodes. So they won't know
1: about it until they get to this one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: In 50 years time. Right. Listen to Unreal. It's a Radio 4 podcast with Dolly Alderton and someone else. Uh, I know. But it's all about history of reality tv so the first episode uh. the first episode's all about big brother and they interview like producers on big brother and stuff and then it goes yeah so i'm quite excited i think it's 10 episodes so thanks charlotte for that wreck even though oh my I hope God, you my wrecking that sounds our unreal everyone. yeah <laughs> literally so <laughs> yeah listen to that uh, right okay Shall we talk about next
1: week's mook yes please right i apologize in advance for butchering this author's name let me get it oh it's called the book that is not the author. They aren't in it. A Passage North by Anuk Arud progressan yeah. And it, it was written in 2020. Well, it wasn't written, I don't know when it was written, but it was published in 2021. And it was shortlisted for the booker, but we know who won it, don't we pull? The promise by Damon Galgut. <laughs> the promise by Demon Galgut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gets me every time.
1: So it is set in Sri Lanka and it follows the end of the civil war, and yeah, I've not started reading it yet, but props gonna be dead, 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 dead good. I have set us a bit of an impossible task with the drink, I'm afraid. Love that. Googled what is popular booze in Sri Lanka. One that standout winner: Arak. Have you ever heard of it?
0: Absolutely it's probably an,
1: A rolling uh, arak.
0: It's- oh my god! It looks like kudzu whiskey oh bugger we've avoided whiskey this whole time it's coming for you bitch are we, are we- there's a uh-huh. different drink called Arak that looks. that's so weird i spelled it a-r-a-k and the first thing that came up is a cup of literal cod sperm but oh, you're talking about a-r-r-a-c-k
1: i am indeed yeah
0: oh okay go on we're gonna
1: be drinking a drink called alia which is uh I don't know how to say this word, C E Y L O N. It's a Ceylon. Tea. That's Ceylon. where
0: my ancestors are from. It's, it's the old word for Sri Lanka. Sorry. They used to be called Ceylon, yeah.
1: You're Sri Lankan.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, Punjabi if you go back a few generations.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. God, I'm just Preston, and Preston, and Preston, and Preston, <clears and> Preston, <throat> Preston, Preston. Um, so it's Ceylon, Arak and ginger beer and a slice of lime.
0: So basically, do I have to find some friggin' Iraq? Where do I go?
1: Yeah. I don't know. You've got more chance in London than I do here. Couldn't it's even find well.
0: But it's Sarah, it's made from the fermented sap of coconut flowers. <laughs> Should <laughs> I ferment my own coconut flower sap? I
1: say, don't you have that in London? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, just, just growing in the meadows.
0: So, but are you just going to get realistically whiskey?
1: Oh, well, I'm going to try and find it. I'm going to go. Do you know where I'm going to go, Paul? Where? Waitrose. All right, love. I'll have a
0: look there. I'll have a look there. So say that again. We want a rack with ginger beer ginger and what? Beer.
1: Just a slice of lime. Oh, so what was the other one you talked about? Alia? That's it. That's the name of the drink. <gasps> like as
0: a whole. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say. Oh, it's simply referred to as rack. Oh, God. If I'm going to cool. start using that. Imagine. Can I have a rack and ginger, please, my baby?
1: <laughs> rack, and ginger, and lime.
0: Rack, ginger, and just a slice of lime. You know what Dorit from Housewife said? Can I have um, what 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 could I soda, Belvedere? Can I have a Belvedere soda, three limes? No, I'll start again. A Belvedere soda, three lemons. Carcass out.
1: Carcass out. What's that soda water? Car-
0: carcass out. <gasps> like I don't want, I don't want lemon. those lemons floating in. I just want you to squeeze lemons and get the carcasses out my fucking Belvedere. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> so hot?
1: I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> like <laughs> sorry what not and it doesn't matter does not matter yeah it doesn't matter, yeah, matter. matter.
0: cock <laughs> in right
1: okay very
0: exciting. okay right we'll see you next week for a passage north and some <laughs> rack some su. <Rack-su>. remember raksu <laughs> anyway that's for another podcast uh, <laughs> what, what was that song demelo 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 <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> bye <laughs>